Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Pat, you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on tour. This is my advice to you. I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right. All right, go bros. I got Mr. Doug Ottersberg coming from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Doug, welcome to the Go Abundance podcast. Thanks, Pat. Great to be here. Hey, everyone. Doug, give us a three to five minute story of your life, starting with the day you were born until now. Got it. So born in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, grew up there and mom worked in uh, office jobs and at schools. My dad, a uh, lifelong railroader and uh, went to school there, graduated 1981 and had an interest in uh, sound and lights and did that kind of stuff. I was one of the AV guys in high school and uh, did the sound and stage lighting and, and I DJed. And so when it came time uh, for the next step after high school, um, I decided to go to DeVry Institute of Technology because I thought I wanted to be a recording engineer. And to have a basic fundamental grasp of electronics I thought would be uh, helpful. Went to Phoenix, Arizona, to DeVry Institute of Technology. While I was there, I worked in various and sundry jobs, including pumping gas and washing parts in a auto junkyard. So that was a lot of fun. And that was in Phoenix, Arizona. So one thing I knew I didn't want to do was wash car parts in the Phoenix sun. <laughs> But it was a great job, actually. I loved it. And When I graduated from DeVry, I took a job with Hughes Aircraft Company out in Los Angeles. And that decision was made for me in part by my dad because I had come home from working at the junkyard one day and there's this dude in my, live, in my kitchen with my roommate and they're sitting there talking. And he looks at me and he says, hey, my name's so-and-so. I understand that you would like to be a recording engineer and you just graduated from uh, electronic school. Well, yeah, well, I forget the dude's name. He's like, I'm the road manager for the Allman Brothers Band. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that would be cool. And right around the same time, I got the job offer from Hughes. And I, I'm like, Dad, I got, I got these two possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I ended up at Hughes in L.A. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, that's funny. 
And it, it took me a couple of years to figure out that I was not a, a big corporate uh, job kind of guy. It was feast or famine. Uh, you were really working uh, really tough on, you know, and long, hour, hard hours, or you weren't doing anything at all. And I just didn't jive with me. So during that time, I, I continued to DJ. Some of my buddies from school uh, had moved out, and we ended up getting uh, calls from other DJs that's like, hey, my amp blew up. You guys know electronics. Can you fix my amp? And sure. And so that, that morphed into a business. We created an um, electronic repair. We were, we were doing VCRs a lot at that time because everybody had a VCR. So we set up a distribution network all around LA where we would go out to the local neighborhood video rental stores. You could take your VCR that wasn't working there, drop it off, and we would pick it up, bring it back to our, our depot and fix it and, and then bring it back. And that morphed into uh, fixing PCs. And we ended up getting contracts with a lot of big names and serviced their, uh, their PCs, did network installation. And long story short, our business mentor said, you guys, this is awesome. You've survived over five years. Um, you know, this business will, you know, afford you a, life, uh, a lifestyle that's nice, but you'll never be wealthy. And by the way, what would happen if tomorrow you couldn't put the key in the door? We're like, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, if you couldn't come to work to matter, tomorrow, what would happen? It's like, well, first, the staff probably would wonder what's going on, but I probably wouldn't be making any money. He's like, bingo, you need to get something other than you working for you. And so based on that, I'm like, well, what do you mean? And we went out to have lunch and he's like, I took business, uh, my business and I took money out of it and I invested in real estate so that someday if I couldn't work or if I didn't want to, I would have something working for me. Because if you don't learn how to make money work for you, you'll always end up working for it. Mm. And this was new to me. I'm like, I'm in my late 20s by now. I'm like, no one had ever set me down and had this conversation. And so that began a, a search for how do I get money working for me, something other than me working for myself. And I ended up uh, going to a Charles J. Givens uh, wealth workshop because I picked <coughs> up the book, Nothing... Uh, uh, his book and also Robert Allen's Nothing Down and started reading those. And I went to a couple of seminars and a friend of mine's mother, she worked for as a contract buyer for Metropolitan Life Insurance Company, buying uh, mortgages and, and contracts. And she said, if you really want to learn real estate, I suggest you go uh, see this guy named Jimmy Napier. Uh, he wrote a little book called Invest in Debt, how to buy cash flows at a discount. As we were going to this seminar, uh, my friend and his mother, she looked at us and she said, boys, now keep your mouth shut and your ears open and always remember, you never know who you're sitting next to. Some of these people at this event might look like they shop at Goodwill, but I guarantee you they could write a check and buy this hotel and probably several others. And that turned out to be the case. And some of those people there, lo and behold, were in the mobile home park business. Mm. And... As I chatted with them, it kind of made sense to me. I went home and thought about it. At a subsequent seminar, I came back and I raised my hand and asked a question. And I said, you know, I, th I don't think that mobile home park business will work where I live. And what I really meant to say was, I don't think I can make it work where I live. Yeah, of course, that's what, that's what everybody's, you know. <laughs> Downtown LA, everybody. of course. So now, where, where are you today? Like how many So where we're at today? 
is we own the mobile home parks. You know, I stood up at one of those meetings and said, hey, my name's Doug. And earlier the guy said, well, if it won't work where you live, you're not a tree, you can move. And long story short, I ended up uh, standing up and saying that I'm not a tree, I wanna buy a mobile home park, I'll go wherever that deal is. Happened to be in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Sold the business, got the down payment for this community. And my girlfriend at the time, uh, Anna is now my wife, and she and I moved our stuff to New Mexico. She went back to her hometown in Mexico, got ready, and we closed on this park in January, and we got married in March of 94, and that's what we're doing now, mobile home parks, and primarily here in New Mexico. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. 1994, 2004, so 25 years you've been in the game. Yep. All right, cool. And uh, you have any kids? We have three. Uh, our uh, Three, Stuart, he's the oldest, and he, he's uh, here back home. COVID put a kibosh on his plans. All our children are entertainers, vocalists. Gabriella, our daughter, she's back home as well. Um, Broadway closed down. Um, she had, we had just recently moved her to New York, and all the contracts that she landed got canceled. So she's back home waiting for Broadway to reopen. Um, and our youngest, Nicholas, we just took him to Boston, and he's uh, a vocal uh, major at New England Conservatory of Music. Wow. Now, were you musical? Were your uh, wife yeah. or both of you or uh, what? Our, my wife danced and she has some family members that were opera singers. And uh, there's singers in my family. I sang as well. I played trumpet. Uh, the boys grew up. Uh, we're in New Mexico. And actually, Spanish was their first language. And oh. so, they were also uh, mariachis. <laughs> wow, growing up that's here, awesome. yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's funny. I, I, I you know, I, I was on a plane recently, and I watched um, the Linda Ronstadt uh, yeah. documentary. That uh, was, you know, it was just one of those things you pick on the plane. I didn't realize she was Mexican. Her father was from Mexico, and she learned the mariachi and did a whole. Yeah. You know, I, you know, you don't, you don't know that with the name Ronstadt it doesn't you, seem like you Gonzales don't, or something I, like that, but I love that CD, uh, Canciones de mi Padre. Oh, you know about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your mobile home parks. How many do you own? Like how, how, how many sure. uh, mobile homes do you have and that sort of thing? So we, over the years, our business has, uh, taught us that we're the kind of investors that like to stay close to home. We have uh, currently three communities, uh, Santa Fe and Albuquerque. Uh, we recently sold one, and, which we'll talk about. And we've had, we've had other communities out of state and just found out that really wasn't our cup of tea, so we sold those. Uh, for the most part, we just want to own the dirt. Uh, however, for example, here in Santa Fe, there is a huge huge need for rentals and so in some of we we do own some of the homes here in santa fe primarily as a strategy of keeping the home in the community because there's some smaller homes and if they were to go for sales people would pull them out and then we'd have a difficult time uh refilling that space so that's our primary business uh back in 99 we started a dealership because we needed to buy homes uh, and then sell them. So that morphed into its own business where we buy, sell, and, and finance, create paper. So that's, that's another business line. And then, then we started buying paper from other sources. So we love to buy 
cash flows at a discount. Um, and we also have rentals. Over the years, I would attend, uh, what do you call it, uh, foreclosure sales. And, yeah. and we bought a number of singles and, and dirt and, and we've done subdivisions as well. And so a little bit of everything. That's awesome, dude. Okay. So what percentager are you? So this year, currently, uh, I am at, I know I, you were going to ask, I wrote it down, uh, 459%. Very and good, sir. Very that's, good, sir. That's because we sold a property. Typically, we're only oh, at, I see. We're about 176. <laughs> 176 is still good. And I'm the same way. You know, I got the last couple of years, it's just the capital gains have, have made me um, a significant higher percentager. Yeah. Um, so did you decide, so tell me about this uh, mobile home pro, uh, park that you sold. The most curious question I think most people ask, and, and we're getting this a lot with Abundance now, is, you know, do we just pay the taxes on these capital gains? A lot of our members, as you know, are just uh, selling real estate because it's a great time to, yeah. to, to get out at the peak if it's, uh, if it's got any little thing wrong with it. Uh, that you don't like, what did you do? Did you decide to pay the taxes or are you going to move that into something else? So we actually moved it into something else. This is one of those opportunities that comes up. We were not looking to sell. We're long-term uh, buy and hold. We typically okay. aren't in and out. However, as sometimes it happens, we got the godfather offer. And, you know, it's like, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse, right? And mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, long story short, we did sell it. And before we did, I spoke with my tax attorney, uh, John Heyer, known him for years. And he set us up with an Opportunity Zone Fund. And uh, one of our communities in Santa Fe happens to be in an Opportunity Zone. And we acquired parcels um, in the same area. And so our plan is to, we, we've already got, so yeah, we roll the money into the Opportunity Zone Fund. So basically, we've deferred the, the tax on the gain until 2026. And our plan is to get 40 units uh, installed there as rentals. And we'll now have a, a 40plex, basically. So, so you did both. You, you, you took half and put it into your own little piece, and then you, you put half in, or you mean the fund is in your fund. Yeah, it's our fund. Got so, it. Uh, it's yeah. your fund. Okay, I got it. Yep. I got it. Yep, yep, yep it's yep. our fund. Okay, good stuff. Yep. Excellent. And those are going to be mobile homes too. Right? Yeah, we have a plant down the street, well, down the street in Albuquerque. Uh, so it won't, uh, transportation costs won't be that much. We're going to use multi-section homes. We're going to do HUD code and uh, 21st cent, uh, mortgage, part of Clayton and Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, they have a program called the cash program. And if you own communities, you're probably familiar with it, but basically they will floor the cost of the house. They'll front you the house. You just pay for transportation and installation. And mm -hmm. it, it, it's designed for community owners to fill vacant spaces. And uh, once you get the home in your community, then you can, what you do with it, they don't care. You can sell it, you can rent it. Um, mm. So basically in our case, uh, we will have built-in financing for, for these 40 units. All we have to do is uh, provide the infrastructure for the home, you know, the, the, the sewer yeah. utilities, all that, and then uh, pay to have them installed and we'll have financing built in. That's awesome. And, and so what is your horizontal to, to net worth ratio? So 
with the sale this year of one of our properties, uh, not the mobile home park, but another one, it's 4.3, typically be like 3.2. So 3.2%? Yes. So if I took your horizontal income. Is that percent? So I took your horizontal income, right? And I divided it by your net worth. In general, it's going to come out somewhere between 5 and 10%. Most go bros, you know, could be as low as 1% or 2% if you own businesses oh. that are, are and, and your net worth is high based on a multiple and they don't cash flow. But you, you're in a cash flowing business. So you take your, you take your a horizontal income, your total horizontal, right? Horizontal net income, which is gotcha. what you based your 179 percentager off of, let's say. And divide that by your net worth, your total net worth. What okay. percentage would that come out? Let me do that. So if I do that, yeah, it's coming up 3%. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, and, and that's not bad. You know what I mean? I mean, if you own a real estate office or things like that, it's generally going to come out higher than that. Most real estate investors Come, are going to come out somewhere between two and four percent, and it's a good number to look at because you you realize the the actual return that you're actually getting. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because we tend to have over time, and I'm sure like you do over time, you you have you be, you you get a lot of equity, and the more equity you get, the lower your return is. You know, yeah. the more, the more debt you take on, the higher your return is, but also the higher risk of, of losing it is. So that, let me follow up with this question, okay. um, which is just as good of a question. What is your loan? And when I say loan, I, uh, I, I mean a recourse loan, right? If it's a non-recourse loan, if the bank can't come after you personally, then it doesn't count. So what is your recourse loan to net worth ratio? 39%. There you go. So you knew that one, right? Boom. <laughs> so that's, and that's healthy, right? That's healthy. You know, anything under 50 is what we recommend. And so. The wrong tribe confounds. The right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller, Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. So that's good stuff. So 39%, you got that one. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit here, Doug. Let's talk about your life happiness index score. What is your LHI? LHI. All right, I know I wrote that down. 5.19. Wow, 5.19. Now, let me ask you this. So you, you, you could potentially get a 10 on the LHI, yeah. right? So you got a 5.19. What, what is bringing that down what do you think is bringing that down so low primarily because i am a high eye on the disc i love interacting with people and and right now it's it's i love zoom calls but it's not quite the same as, as i'm telling as, you man is being out there with people and also uh my wife and i um are what we call uh new empty nesters <laughs> so that's taking some adjustment and our office manager at our business left. So 
we self-manage everything with the help of a bookkeeper and some office staff. So we're just in this period, I guess, Pat, where it's, it's like to restructure, rebuild. And, you know, I love to travel and I love having my family around me. And, and it's, it's an identity shift, literally. It's, uh, it's hard, man. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Like, literally, I'm looking forward after this call because I have an appointment with the allergist. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I get to get, I get to drive my car, you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's yeah. a tough, it is a tough time and I feel you. And that's, I mean, we had, you, you know, we got the event coming up in, uh, in Lake Tahoe in January and we got close to a hundred people already paid. And, and I think that it's, it, it just goes to show you yeah. that you're not alone, that people are desperate to just anything to get out to get some human connection is just insane so. exactly all right cool so uh so let's talk about what would you say doug ottersberg what would you say his superpower is i'm a master hypnotist <laughs> so that's my superpower you can um, really you really are absolutely yeah uh, a number of years ago i i i happened to see a comedy hypnosis show and it was brand new for me. I didn't know what that was. And I was fascinated immediately. And there's a long story that goes with it. I'll tell you sometime. However, uh, after watching this comedy hypnosis show, uh, this was at a big real estate investors uh, seminar, multi-speakers kind of event. And the next day, the hypnotist came back, did a 90-minute presentation. And it was my first introduction into mindset. And um, I purchased his uh, 1995 seminar. My wife and I went, and I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments, Pat, where it's, it's, it's literally like God taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, you, wake up. I got something for you. And that's kind of how I experienced that seminar. And I'm like, what? And I, and I leaned over to my wife and I said, and I pointed to the, to the guy on the stage, and I'm, I'm going to do that. And within a year, I was working with him, going around the country uh, and United States and Canada doing his two-day seminar. And uh, in the Do, process- Doing his comedy seminar. Now, can you So, you so actually, that? it was the two-day uh, personal development seminar. And, uh, along, and along the way, I learned how to do that hypnosis show. Can uh, you do that? I can and I do. Uh, we need to get you, we need <laughs> to get you in, on a GoBundance event. Doing that thing. And it's a comedy show? So basically, the way I do it now, um, yeah, we can do the show. However, it's, it's, the way I use it is as a demonstration of uh, people's perceived limitations, what you think you can and can do and can't do. Um, so, Holy shit. Yeah, so we, we use that as, as a demonstration for that. But yeah, that's, yeah. That's, it's a lot of fun. Maybe, maybe I'll volunteer. I'm trying to lose about 10 pounds. So <laughs> you can. <laughs> so it literally you is. Tell, you can convince me that I hate certain foods. But, well, I tell uh, you what, Pat, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I don't, I don't convince anyone of anything. You know, and the whole thing, it, there's a misnomer around hypnosis. It's literally just a guide. All right. We help folks understand and make realizations or come to realizations, things they already know. But there's a part of them that's, that's in, the, in, in the back, you know, like, like the mind trash, if you will. Uh, no, you can't do that. Who are you to think you can do that kind of thing and whatever. Um, but I can tell you our life, my life, my wife's, and our family, our business, everything changed 
when I got my mind right as a result of going to these, um, to these seminars. And what learning. kind of things did you change? So for one, um, I was living in the mobile home park and my kids were sleeping on the floor in the living room. And, and I realized um, when I came out of the office one day and my daughter and a little friend had just finished watching a, a video and her friend said, hey, Gabby, would you like to go play in your room? Let's go play in your room. And my daughter said, room, what do you mean? And her friend said, yeah, where do you, you know, it's like, where do you sleep? And she just pointed to the floor in front of the couch. That's where she and her sister, uh, where she and her brother uh, were sleeping on blankets and sleeping bags. I mean, wow. literally that, I had to go outside so my wife and the girls wouldn't see me crying. Because I, mm. like, I felt like a loser. I'm like, I'm letting my family down. And long, long story short, I, 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 I just decided there's something wrong here. I need to figure it out. And I went to these seminars and, and I came across, you know, you get what you need. And I had this limiting belief that you had, to, I have to work hard and just get by. And guess what I was doing really good. I was just getting by. Wow. And I this realization. It's like, I own this mobile home park. My kids are sleeping on the floor. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with that. Yeah. Long story short, we uh, ended up moving out of there. We bought a lot. Um, put a brand new manufactured home on it. We bought the lot across the street, did a spec house, uh, sold that. And within several years, a, after doing like a vision board exercise and writing everything out and um, a house on a hill overlooking downtown Santa Fe found us and the owner asked us if he could finance it for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so, awesome, dude. Yeah, it, awesome. Lots, of, lots of cool things. What would you say your kryptonite is? Uh, Bluebell homemade uh, vanilla ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta uh, be Bluebell, huh? Yeah. But, be uh, Bluebell. And I would say, uh, yeah, honestly, my wife and kids and, and puppies. Wow. Let's, that's awesome. <laughs> let's, let's shift gears again. Let's go. Let's talk about health here. Uh, age-defying health, one of our pillars. Sure. Uh, how much do you weigh, Doug? Currently about 167. I fluctuate between like around 165. How tall are you? I am 5'8". Okay. And, and what is your body fat percentage? Last time I had it measured, it was 21. Okay. And how do you exercise? So uh, right now I am on sabbatical. I hurt my knee, so I'm getting, getting better all the time. However, typically, um, since COVID uh, started, we have uh, a routine. We have mats in our living room, and we'll do body weight exercises and, and bands and, and uh, you know, exercise balls, that kind of thing. And then when it got warmer, we would uh, ride our bikes. We've got some nice hills around here, so we'd take our mountain bikes out and, and, and go ride on that. And and it's about now time to get back and hit the gym. Nice. Okay. And um, what about diet? What's your diet like? So again, I am uh, right now. I'm just eating up the food that we have in the house. <laughs> we we were on one hand, we were fortunate to have all of our children back home uh, under one roof. Um, their lives. On the other hand, it sucked because you know the two oldest, their lives were interrupted by COVID. Yeah. So we stocked up on all this food. I have been working for the last number of years to get my body fat percentage down pat. And so I have done, you name it, any style of eating, I've done it. I've done it religiously <laughs> and whatever. You take it all, right? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I've That's done it. That's how I feel, man. Yeah. 
and it doesn't seem to affect my body's like yeah whatever <laughs> you need to hypnotize yourself dude i've done both <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's good stuff All right, primarily so we eat clean so sorry no that's good whole foods yeah sounds like yeah so, all right, so let's talk a little bit about your greatest hits. Um, you know, what are your um, – I want to talk to you about your five greatest hits, right? How sure. old are you, Doug? So I am 58. All right, 58 years old. So in the last 58 years, what five uh, memories come to mind that are most poignant, uh, just like any rock star, the Allman Brothers have the Allman Brothers' greatest hits <laughs> album. What are, what are the Doug Ottersberg's greatest hits album? What, what are the five songs on it? So uh, I, I thought about this, and I'm going to say the first one was uh, getting a paper route in fifth grade, and uh, that taught me so many lessons, and that that I carry with me to this to this day. Also, uh, honestly, not being flippant, skipping college for me that was a, that that totally worked for me, and now I'm really happy that I did, uh, just because I don't I probably wouldn't be talking to you had I gone that route. And so looking back uh, at the timeline, you know, you can see literally those turning points. And that was a major turning point for me. Selling my business and buying that first mobile home part, that was a huge, huge uh, greatest hits. You know, my, my girlfriend, now wife, and I look back at that time and it was scary. And, you know, we made, we made those decisions and, and, and everything ended up great. And I have to say also, every single client that I've had the privilege to work with and assist them to change their limiting beliefs. Mm. And, and, and so they're, they're all awesome. And then uh, learning and performing that hypnosis show. <laughs> that was so cool. Um, I bet that was awesome. I bet it was awesome. Okay, so let's talk about the future. What do, you, what do you want your five greatest hits to be in the future? So I want to com complete this Opportunity Zone project. Yeah. Um, if, if you've ever been a developer, you know how ordinarily how much of a PIA that can be trying to deal with zoning and regulators. Um, mm. And even more so now during COVID, um, I've had a lot line adjustment in and it's taken nine months and it still has not gone through the mill. Um, so anyway, that's going to happen. And just traveling with my wife and, and checking off some of the things on our, on our bucket list. And what I call having an ROI moment like my suegro. So suegro is Spanish for father-in-law. And he was in his 70s uh, when I first met him. And he had a stroke. And the dude was an entrepreneur. He was from a small town in the mountains of Mexico. Um, he got up, got out of there. He got educated, went to work for the electrical commission down there, um, ended up you know, with a ranch and, and a sawmill and all kind of other stuff. But when he had the stroke, his doctor said, that's it. You're done. Basta. It's enough. And so one day I was with him and his sons had taken over one of the, the businesses and it, it was a lumber yard and a hardware store. And he was over there like, you know, sweeping and dusting off the shelves and stuff. And then I just caught him and he was just like standing there surveying everything. And my Spanish wasn't the best, but I'm like, you know, what are you thinking of father-in-law? What's, what's, you know, penny for your thoughts. 
And he's like, such a great return on my investment. And I'm like, your business? And he looked at me kind of surprised, like, no, my son's. And, oh, it just hit me because um, I was a new father at the time, too. So I'm looking forward to having uh, more of those return on investment uh, moments like my father-in-law did. Oh, um, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And by, by my sons, he meant my son-in-laws or my, my well, grandsons? Or... At the time, it was his sons because uh, one of them was a, was a civil engineer, and he quit his uh, profession to come in and take over this business. And, um, some of, you know, the other couple of the other boys were working there. And so they were keeping that going and Got it. that meant a lot to him. Yeah. That's awesome. Man. All right. Good. All right. So let's talk about where, where, what, uh, immediately like the next 12 months. I mean, it's, it sounds like your biggest goal in the, in the next 12 months is going to be that opportunity zone, but yeah. what would you say would be for your family? So for my family is, uh, getting, getting a trip uh, scheduled where we can all go and then uh, finish uh, this project. Uh, we, we had quite a bit of deferred maintenance on our house, uh, but now that we've got two of them through college and, and the last one got pretty much a full ride, <laughs> we, can, we can turn some of that uh, time uh, back into uh, the family homestead. So finishing that up as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Doug, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin the GoBundance app. We're going to get a random question off the app. Are gotcha. you ready? Let's do it. All righty. Doug Ottersberg, what are you obsessed with? I'm obsessed with doing the right thing and being a good steward of the property that God has entrusted uh, myself and our families with and making sure that we, we do right by him, right by our residents and our investors and just making sure that things get done the right way. Yeah, that's great. Dude. Don't blow your blessings, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. And that's a that's an awesome way to end this. Well, Doug, this has been this has been fun, buddy. It's good to get to know you. I hope to thanks, Pat. You know, see you face to face and uh, catch up more in, in the near future. Absolutely, and and yes, I did pay for the trip to, and I got it done today. So I'll be there in January. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, that's awesome. And my goal is to get you on stage and hypnotize some people. That'll be fun. Let's talk about it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. You as well. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can take